You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It is Monday, March 7th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. I am your host, Lance Glenn. On today's episode, I will be joined by Jackie Franchuli of 24-7 Sports Virginia site Wahoos 247. It's been a busy offseason in Charlottesville. The seemingly out-of-nowhere resignation by Bronco Mendenhall really took center stage. The coaching search that ended with the hiring of Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott followed. Now, of course, that search for the next head coach, I wouldn't say it was an easy one, and we will certainly dive into the ups and downs of it in just a second with Jackie. But before we do, I just wanted to remind everyone to throw us those five stars and make sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you are interested in hearing the episode on your favorite team, just make sure to go to Spotify, search for the playlist across the country with the College Football Daily. And we have all the team episodes we've done so far in one place. So we are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, you'll hear my conversation about Virginia football with Jackie Franchuli. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joined by Jackie Franchuli, the publisher for Wahoo's 247, 24-7 Sports Virginia site. Jackie, thanks so much for coming on. Giving me some time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, Lance. So I mentioned before our conversation that Brocko Mendenhall kind of out of nowhere resigned. It was either late November, early December, but just to start. There was no thought of Mendenhall being let go, correct? Like this wasn't a resignation to save yourself from being fired. This was completely out of the blue. Yes. No one expected Bronco Mendenhall to resign. Let's just go back to that week, Lance. So this was the the week after that Virginia Tech game. Uh, it was about Monday or Tuesday. I started hearing rumblings about something going on within the program. Nothing to do with Bronco Mendenhall. I will, I'm going to reiterate that. I did not hear anything about Bronco Mendenhall, but there was rumblings that there was going to be possible changes to that staff. Um, obviously, if you follow Virginia football, the first thing you think about was changes on the defensive side of the ball. It was probably one of the worst defensive performances in the country and a lot of areas of that side of the ball. So we were thinking, okay, something is going to bound to happen on the defensive side of the ball. Bronco Mendenhall, on the other hand, was out recruiting. He was taking in-home visits with several targets, meeting with commitments, those kids that was going to sign in December. He was scheduled on Thursday, which is the day he resigned, to meet Will Hardy, who eventually signed with North Carolina. So not even Bronco Mendenhall really had a plan to resign as of Monday because on Monday, Will Hardy, I remember Monday or Monday, I was catching up with commitments and a lot of them were telling me, oh, he's going to meet me Thursday, Friday. So Bronco Mendenhall had a plan to hit the road. And then suddenly 
I get a text on Thursday saying that there's going to be a mandatory team meeting. Usually you don't have team meetings for defensive coaching staff changes. That's not something that usually happens. So we knew that something big was going to happen. We just didn't quite know exactly what it was. And then Bronco Mendenhall uh, obviously decided to step down and uh, Carla Williams had to do a coaching search she didn't know she had to do. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall really really never specified why exactly he stepped down. Obviously, there's a lot of conjecture about why. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it was a lot of different factors that led to his decision. Um, none of his staff knew. They were told about an hour before that team meeting. So again, no one knew. And if you talk to some people close to the Men Halls or close to the Virginia program, a lot of people still don't know exactly the reason why he stepped down, just that he needed to step back a little bit from college football. And then now Tony Elliott is a new head coach. So uh, things are change rather quickly here, Lance. You're right. Things have changed. And we, with that resignation, that opens up, obviously, the position of head coach. And ultimately, you said it went to Tony Elliott, the former Clemson offensive coordinator. But, and correct me if I'm wrong, Elliott wasn't the first choice, at least not by the fan base. You know, it seemed like the fan base wanted Anthony Poindexter, Penn State's current safeties coach, obviously Virginia native, had a Hall of Fame college career at UVA. Uh, his numbers retired at Virginia. Just regarding Poindexter, before Elliott was even hired, what was the fan reaction when it really became clear that bringing Poindexter home was a long shot and that he just was not going to be the guy. You know, I got to assume fans probably didn't take it very well. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, those Twitter spaces that got started up after Anthony Poindexter was not named the head coach and Tony Elliott was landing in Charlottesville for his interview. Man, I remember those heated Twitter spaces among UVA football alumnus, um, alumni. I think that was, the, that was the big thing. Yes, fans wanted Anthony Poindexter. I think they liked the idea of a former Wahoo taking charge of the, of the team. And I think a lot of uh, the alumni also liked that because the one thing that Virginia football needs is an injection of energy. They needed something kind of just to get people interested in the program. They needed people to fundraise because that's what they need. They need brand new facilities, which are they're going to actually break ground here in March. It's the expectations anyway. They needed stuff to get back into the competition, the ACC, as far as facilities, just as, as far as just moving forward in a lot of facets of college football, like, for example, name, image, and likeness. So they needed a guy with boisterous personality. And a lot of people thought, why not bring a guy like Anthony Poindexter? You know, he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be put in Hall of Famer in the state of Virginia. He's well-known within the Virginia community. He's well-known in Virginia high schools, obviously. He's done well at Penn State. Um, he coached before at UVA. He was part of the Mike London staff a few years ago. And he's well-known among several of the coaches on the staff currently as well. So yeah, the, the people, a lot of people took time to warm up Tony Elliott, but I think just by Tony Elliott's first press conference, I think he won a couple of, of them over. Actually, a lot of these alumni were present at his press conference. Guys, you know, like Chris Slade, who eventually ended up on Virginia staff, um, was there and kind of helped the transition a little bit. Slade was really, inter was really important in that transition. I'm not going to, I need to stress that. Chris Slade is on the UVA staff, but he also helped that transition to get Tony Elliott to kind of put to bring together that alumni base that wanted Point Dexter. Now, when you when you said Point Dexter was the number one target, you know, talking to people, I always thought Carla Williams's number one target was Tony Elliott. That was something that we reported on in Wahoo's twenty four seven that Bronco Mendenhall stepped down on Thursday. And although Anthony Point Dexter was was talked to, and um, he never had a formal interview. Until afterwards, when he was in Las Vegas, uh, when Carla Williams was there, that was he Monday or Tuesday of the previous week, the next week, Carla had already talked to Tony Elliott. 
So she already had an interview with him. They made contact on the Friday, not even 24 hours of Bronco Mendenhall stepped down. And then that interview occurred either Friday or Saturday. So Tony Elliott wasn't like a second choice here or a guy that they had to scramble. Point Dexter and Elliott were the two guys. And I, I believe Carla Williams was really inching towards Elliott. But anyways, Point Dexter had his interview uh, early on the next week. The parties mutually decided not to go to that way. Ended up with Tony Elliott, and I think that was a, a, until now, everything looks like it's a great hire. Obviously, Lance, you know how college football is. You you win the press conference. You win the first couple of weeks on the recruiting trail because everyone is just energized. So now we're going to see how this goes long term. Yeah, definitely that honeymoon period. Whenever you have a new head coach, whatever the program might be, not just UVA, really any program. So now moving on to Elliott, look, say what you want about Clemson's offense and, and DJ Uyunglele's struggles this past season. But look, Elliott has the experience, spent a long time under Dabo Sweeney, was linked to multiple jobs over the last few seasons. So it's not like he's someone, you know, out of the box, like he's someone who's been a coaching candidate for at least a couple of years now, someone that was in demand after not getting Poindexter, you know, how did the fan base view Tony Elliott? And was that, I guess, Elliott's first mission when he came in to bring the alumni that, that were clearly in favor of Anthony Poindexter in to really unite the UVA faithful around him so that he could, you know, hit the ground running with, with what he has planned. There was a couple of things that Elliot wanted to get going right as, right as he set foot in Charlotte. So the first thing actually was a Sunday night zoom with the guys that already committed to UVA before, obviously, because the unfortunate timing of all this was that Elliot never got to get a recruiting trail, have that last official visitors to come in in that weekend because he was officially hired on a Friday and then loaded me whole Monday was a dead period. So he couldn't have got as coming on campus. So first thing you needed to at least secure some signees for that early signing day period. And obviously he did so. And then the next thing was evaluate. He What he wanted to do, yes, he brought in the uh, alum base and try to get them on board to search to say for that first press conference. But he, what he also needed to do was evaluate the current staff. At that point, there were some members of the current staff that he was trying to see if he was going to keep on board. And at the end of the day, he did keep three, Coach 2J, Coach Higgins, and Coach Simpson were three members of the staff from Bronco that still remain at Virginia. And then the other key thing that he wanted to do, and this is something that actually I asked him in the introductory press conference, was about recruiting. It's he said he wanted to take back Virginia. When Bronco Mendenhall and his staff came from BYU, apart from Coach Hagens, a lot of that staff didn't have much connections on the East Coast and didn't have much connections in the state of Virginia. So although those connections got better with time, they still didn't have that many connections and they still recruited pretty nationally. What Elliot said in his introductory press conference and what he did as soon as he could hit the road is he wanted to take back Virginia. And what you saw was him and a lot of the staff really hit the ground running on several schools in the state of Virginia, going to the Virginia Beach area, going you know to those schools of Coach Higgins and Coach Slade, both recognizing the 757, going to Nova. You know, when you look at the talent that has left the state of Virginia the last few years, going to Penn State, going to North Carolina. I mean, five-star Zach Rice is a prime example. And you look at Penn State's current 2023 class, and you see the number of guys that are from the state of Virginia. That is what Elliot wants to look at. He wants to see those guys that fit UVA's profile and keep them in state. So I think those are the that was his main thing. And actually, he's still doing it right now. He's conducting a lot of coaching clinics. He had one in Richmond the weekend of February 25th. He was in Northern Virginia this past weekend, um, along with other staff members. So although he wants to 
you know, bring the alumni base together. And I think he did that to a degree. I think in order for you to really get that alumni base excited is by doing this, by showing that you understand what Virginia football is and understand that there's in-state talent that is leaving the state. And honestly, if you have a guy that fits your profile, who values academics, who uh, is only about 30, 40 minutes from campus, you need to get them at least on campus for a visit. And I think that's what a lot of the alumni base really likes so far is that he's following through of what he said on that first press conference. So I think when you look at expectations now for Elliot, he's in a difficult spot because he's taking over after resignation, not a firing. So it's not like Elliot's coming in to a rebuild where he could have a few bad years to turn things around. I I don't think that's the case. Do Virginia fans expect him to basically just continue with the way things were going on the field? And look, I know 500 the last two years, it's not great, but they were set to play in the Fenway Bowl this year before it was canceled. I don't expect Virginia fans would be content with taking a step back for the first couple of years just because he's a new head coach, I would think he's probably coming into a situation where he needs to get to bowl games and kind of build upwards with that being the floor. Yeah. So I think what the Virginia, the Virginia fan base, a lot of them are pretty realistic about where they are. So Tony Elliott, although technically I agree with one of the sentiment, it's not exactly like a firing where you're kind of starting from scratch. But at the same time, when you look at the way the roster has been balanced, it is kind of started from scratch, if you think about it, because they lost a lot of experience on that O-line from to the transfer portal. And honestly, the transfer portal kind of turned things upside down a lot for a lot of college programs around the country. And it certainly did for UVA. That was one of the first things that Tony Elliott said was, I need to recruit my locker room first and foremost. I need to make sure Brennan Armstrong says, I need to make sure some of these guys in the transfer portal don't leave. And he actually, you know, he kept some of these guys on like Felmui. Those guys did decide to get out of the transfer portal and stay at UVA. So I think right now, I think I agree in the sentiment where he doesn't have to have like a full rebuild like Bronco Mendenhall had after taking over from Mike London, where a two win season, three win season was going to be acceptable. I think The talent is there, especially when you have quarterback Brennan Armstrong returning. There's a lot of expectations on the offensive side of the ball. I think if the offense kind of takes too many steps back, that's where I think Virginia fans might get a little bit angry because you have that returning quarterback. But they also understand you're going to have brand new starters on that O-line. All those guys are gone. So what the big question And actually, I wrote this in my spring preview. The big question coming into Virginia, did they do enough to protect Brennan Armstrong? And I think that's something where UVA fans are are wondering this spring. And they got two grand transfers coming in the summer. So I think Elliott will have a longer leash than that, Lance. I don't think it's quite as... Uh, He needs to make uh, like a very good bowl game or uh, get like eight, nine wins. I think there's expectation that this team on UVA does have the talent to go to bowl game. There's a lot of close games last year that I felt like if the defense played a little better in certain times, then, you know, the offense did enough to win. And a lot of that talent is back on the offensive side of the ball. So I I kind of agree that a 500 season is probably not going to cut it. But as far as UVA fans, they just need to see changes. So if Tony Elliott gets you a 500, just by a 500 season, but they're on the recruiting trail. He's keeping those in-state talent. Then, then UVA fans are going to be like, okay, I understand the future is going to be good. So as long as there's like that balance, Lance, he's going to thread that line. He's going to, how am I doing the recruiting trail and how am I doing on the field? And if one of those slip, then you've got some doubters coming in. So it's just about keeping that balance. 
So Jackie, I'll let you go on this one. You know, you mentioned before about needing to re-recruit the locker room, you know, making sure players in the portal stayed, making sure Brennan Armstrong stuck around. And look, when new coaches come in, obviously rosters tend to see some movement. You know, Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma. That roster took a hit. Mario Cristobal leaves Oregon. That roster took a hit. Has the attrition that the roster has faced at Virginia, is it at a point where it's detrimental to next season? And what I mean by that is, have they lost so much talent to where they're going to have issues making up for it on the field? Or have they lost talent? Yes, but not to the level where they can't recover in Tony Elliott's first season. On the offensive line, they lost a lot of talent. You can't you can't look at the guy like Olu, a guy who was a top five center around the country, leaving and say, we're not going to miss him. Virginia is going to miss a guy like that. Having a leader like that from, in the trenches is undoubtedly going to be missed. I think as far as the other guys, I think they kept the guys they needed. Obviously, Brendan Armstrong was key to return. Keaton Thompson, Mr. Football, the guy who can do everything. He's returning. You've got guys like Dontavian Wicks, one of the best wide receivers in college football. He's back. Lavelle Davis, who was out last year, who had a great first season with UVA. He's also back and a lot healthier. You know, you've got a good group of running backs. Unfortunately, Devin Darrington will not be back. Then Sibley denied the extra season for him because Harvard didn't play during that COVID season. So they, they said he couldn't have the extra COVID year. But they do have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball to perform. Defensively, yeah, they, they lost Noah Taylor, but they also have a lot of good linebackers returning. You've got guys like Deshaun Perry, who I'm curious to see in this new defense if he goes out to the edge more. You also have Nick Jackson, a veteran guy. The defense will be younger, but keeping a veteran like Anthony Johnson and having a veteran like Nick Jackson will certainly help. And honestly, with a new defensive coordinator, you want him to kind of adjust the defense to his style. So I'm not too worried about the amount of guys they they lost because they also did a good job on the transfer portal, getting guys like Cam Butler, Paul Keir, um, and Andres Fox. So I think they did a good job of bringing some experienced older guys there. Again, it's the O-line. I keep going back to the O-line, but that's really the only questions I have because, again, if you don't have a good O-line, even if Coach Kitchings and Coach Ellen's reputation of establishing good run games or establishing an office with a, with a balanced approach is something that UVA fans are dying for, if you don't have a good O-line, you can't run the ball. If you don't have a good O-line, you're not going to give Brendan Armstrong enough time to throw the ball, no matter how accurate, how good he is. So that's the only question I really have. I think you've, I think the Elliott and his staff did a good job of attacking the transfer portal. And again, they have another ch- chance of doing that before for the beginning of the season, because like you said, Lance, it, it's going to get more guys going in there with spring ball. These new college coaches are, are still evaluating their teams and players are still evaluating new coaches. So undoubtedly, players are going to enter the transfer portal after spring. You can follow her on Twitter at Jackie Fran underscore. Does a great job at Wahoo's 24-7 covering UVA and what I'm sure was a busy last few months on the beat. Also make sure to tune into the good old podcast, 24-7 Sports, New Virginia Athletics Podcast hosted by Jackie. And you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Podcast. Jackie, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate you giving me the time. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, Lance. Remember to give us those five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts and to subscribe to the College Football Daily as well. For Jackie Franchuli, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily. We will talk to you again on Wednesday.